Get ready for Solomon's. Hey, giving the glory to God. Yeah, you're hanging with Jason and Sean. Get ready for Solomon's. Oh, keeping it real, keeping it relevant. Hey, come hang with the squad. Hey, let's talk about it, talk about it. CHA should a movie scene. Got a lot of questions, throw them in the air. From the east to the west and everywhere in between. Uh, let's get it, let's get it, we going in. You ain't heard about Solomon's, where you been? Sit back and relax with a cup of joe. Here we go, uh, let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason. And Sean. And we are back with another episode here of the podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in and checking us out. So if you can tell by the video footage, I'm trying some new things. So the last time we did an episode, all of my equipment pretty much didn't work. And we kind of had to go old school. But today, my equipment is somewhat working. So we do have our microphones. Uh, we still have to get some more webcams to replace the other ones because they just magically shut down for whatever reason. I don't know why or how that happened, but it did. So, um, so yeah, man, we're going to be doing the show today using uh, StreamYard. No, this isn't any kind of plug or anything, but we wanted to be able to incorporate our YouTube audience, Facebook, all these folks, individuals. Uh, throw some comments up here as we're covering that kind of stuff. And so I'm using this for the first time, so please excuse my lack of expertise in this. But uh, I'm going to try to do what I can do, man. I'm going to do my best. And right. uh, if it ain't good enough, I apologize. Tough. I was top-notch. I'm not a... Huh? I said tough. Yeah, yeah, tough cookies. So, yeah, man, before we start the show today, we do want to thank TrueStrengthApparel.com. Uh, head over to TrueStrengthApparel.com. Check out the gear over there. Aaron's actually having a sale today. Oh. Everything that you order is an automatic 20% off today. So if you're watching this on May the 8th of 2021, you get everything on TrueStrengthApparel.com at a 20% discount. So go check that out. Shout out to him for rocking with the show, man. Nice. So uh, since we last started the show, mm-hmm. we've had a new Disney Plus series, The Bad Batch. So uh, I'm guessing you've seen it, Sean? Uh, yeah, actually, I've only seen the first episode. The second oh. one has just come out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my, my my daughter has a new job, and so our available time is uh, a little more constricted. So Okay, so you can't just solo dad it? Mm-mm, so you're no. not Han Solo whenever it comes to Star Wars stuff? Well, no, you know, and, and even pretty much anything Marvel as well. So Okay, well, I will say this, episode one, this is going to be spoilers. So naturally, everything that we do was always spoilers. Yeah. So, what did you think about the first episode of the Bad Batch? Um, you know, the thing is, is that I know they're just starting everything off. Um, it was a lot longer than I thought it uh, was going to be. Which, what hour and four minutes? Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's like a mini film. Um, and you know, I, I figure in large part they can do that because it's animated. Yeah. So it, it costs a lot less to be able to have to uh, try to produce and, and stuff. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited for where it's going to go. Uh, I think that it's going to be a great setup for a lot more stuff. Um, there, There isn't really anything that stands out as like an epic, oh, yeah, that was totally, totally awesome. I mean, there's good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Um, my only real kind of criticism is the little girl. Okay, and it's it's this Star Wars Disney thing that they have this tendency to do is to be able to plug in some childlike element. Yeah, 
to almost everything. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get it. It's just, you know, eh. So yeah, you could have done without that part. I could have definitely done without it. But, you know, again, I understand. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Yeah, I thought it was great, man. I really enjoyed it. I never thought I would like an animated. I mean, I, I like the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. There were some portions of Clone Wars where I got real sleepy on. I probably slept through a couple episodes unintentionally. Night and, Sisters. And, and Rebels. Uh, you know, I'm watching that now. And that's that, that hasn't kept my attention as much. Uh, Bad Batch first episode held my attention most of the time. Yeah. Uh, second episode not as much. It is a little more storyline. Really more slow. Okay. Uh, so you know, if you wanted an action-packed episode two, that's not really there. There is some action, but you know, it's a lot more story. So I think they're trying to build on the character development, things like that. Because uh, obviously, these characters were introduced in Clone Wars. Uh, they had their own episode where they, you know, had a whole entire. A uh, story about them being uh, defective clones, and in that they got these specialized powers that the other clones don't have or, or abilities. I'll say not abilities, powers. yeah. So, um, and so this show is building on that, and then you know they're you're doing something different. Uh, I still like that it is tied into uh, episode three. They do tie into that in the first the Star Wars episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Right in the first episode, so I did like that, and then seeing how that goes, and even in the the, the comics, man, or not comics, the, the books. Uh, I read Darth Plagueis mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks or this past week, and it was really cool just to hear those other elements of the Star Wars universe that are happening around the same times as the movies did, and it's just really interesting to to hear that and to hear that story, the whole world expand. And honestly, man, at this point, I'm a bigger fan of the novels than I am the movies. Sure. Yeah, it does help having those characters, like the visuals and the and the voices. Even though the audiobooks changes the the vocal dynamics some, but yeah, man, I'm excited for the series. I don't know how many episodes it's supposed to be. Yeah. I just know the first episode dropped on Tuesday on May fourth, and then the uh, then Friday after that, every Friday they're dropping a new episode. Yep. And uh, so yeah, man, I'll tell you what, man. Let's go ahead and go to the uh, Marvel release dates. Okay. While we are talking about that, so um. Let me see if I can do something real quick. I want to screen share to have these up for everybody because this will be the first time I want to check this feature out. And so let me see how it looks. Let me see how it looks. There we go. Cool deal. So, yeah, man, we got a uh, Black Widow drop in July 9th, 2021. Uh, you know, this is well after a year of when it was supposed to come out, unfortunately, but we are finally here. They're not changing it. That one is releasing video on demand as well as theater. So you can watch it in the comfort of your own home. If you have Disney plus and pay an extra 30 bucks, I think, I think that's worth it. If you want to avoid lines and, you know, being able to uh, take a bathroom break and pause it. A lot of people enjoy that feature of watching it at home. And then the avoidance of aggravating people in theater that might jump or shout and all that kind of stuff. You just don't want to be around. Also, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is coming out September 3rd, 2021. So I'm excited for that. I don't know if they're doing anything uh, after Black Widow video on demand as well. They haven't officially announced that, I don't think. Uh, Eternals, we did get a brief snip, uh, snippet of Eternals. They did this thing for, uh, for the movies that are coming up. They did a lot of release dates, which is where I got these from. And then they gave like little small snippets of those little like barely teaser trailer 
for Eternals. We saw Angelina Jolie and a couple other characters. Looked really cool from what I saw. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, still not excited. I you know I don't know how excited I am for Eternals. I know it's a lot different. It's going to be a different type of a Marvel film that we're not used to. Right. But I'm still excited. So uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, December 17th, 2021. We officially have confirmation that Andrew Garfield is going to be in it, along with Tobey Maguire. I'm sure these are going to be snippets. I'm sure they're not going to be in there for a long, for a long period in the film. Uh, just like real quick multiverse type of a scenario. We have Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, March 25th of 2022. We have Thor Love and Thunder. By the way, we did get news that Russell Crowe is playing Zeus in Thor Love and Thunder. Nice. Now, I don't know how much we've gotten into uh, the upcoming Thor movie on the show. I do know that uh, uh, Batman, or some of y'all know him as, uh, I don't even know his real name. What's his name? Kristen Bale. Uh-huh. He is, uh, he's playing uh, Gore the God Butcher. And so part of the idea is that he wants to kill all gods. Hence, God Butcher. Right. And so what people are you know, thinking of is that at the beginning of the film, there's going to be a short battle scene where Gore the God Butcher kills Zeus, just to show the power level of his character as he comes into battle later on, uh, Thor, Loki, even possibly Star-Lord, since he's like a god, little G, right. as his father taught him in uh, Guardians 2. And so, yeah, man, I'm excited to see what that's going to be. That's May 6, 2022. You know, what's interesting about that is that that'll be the second comic book movie that Russell Crowe will have been in where he dies in the first part of the movie. Yeah, because he's also um, Superman's uh, dad. Is it yeah, Jor-El? Yeah. So um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be, I can't believe it's going to be dropping next year. I feel like we haven't really heard anything about it, but it's coming out. Uh, in a little over a year. Yeah, the only stuff I've been hearing is, you know, what uh, the the cast members are saying about uh, not having Chadwick there and, um, you know, they they can't say much. So, (laughs) you know, it's always like, you know, hey, are we we going to be depressed or, you know, how's the feeling on the set? Well, you know, it's very solemn and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, and, and then it, and then comments like, you know, it's, it's very creative how they're dealing with the lack of Chadwick being able to be in the movie. So anyway, I, I, either way, you know, definitely going to go watch it. Yeah. I'm excited for it, man, just to see, uh, what they do. You know, I think everybody's expecting Shuri to be the, the new black Panther sure. or somehow bring in Michael B. Jordan. Killmonger character from the multiverse, right? In some way, those are the two biggest things that I've or, or predictions I've heard. We also have uh, the name of Captain Marvel two, which is actually the Marvels. That's going to be November eleventh, twenty twenty two. I think the um, Kamala Khan character, uh, Miss Marvel, is probably going to be in that along with Monica Rambeau. So I don't know how that's going to function. We don't have any details at all, but that's going to be. Next year in November, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium is February 17, 2023. And then the last official release date that we have for the films of the MCU was Guardians 3 or Guardians of the Galaxy 3, May the 5th, 2023. 
Now, they did talk about, you know, they did share, uh, they do have a Blade movie in the works. They do have Fantastic Four. They even had that in that teaser trailer thing. Uh, we don't have any dates for those, but people are expecting Fantastic Four to be in the latter part and Blade to be the latter part of 2023 because they're saying four movies a year for the next three years, 2021, 2022, 2023, and we only have two slated for sure in 2023 so blade and fantasy or fantasy four fantastic four are more than likely going to come out in 2023 so stay tuned for those details and then loki from disney plus that's going to be coming out on june 9th uh that series is starting then so at the end of the bad batch they're going to begin the loki series and then after that is going to be the what if series this summer and then i want to say hawkeye starts in the fall right after that so there's a ton of stuff coming out from from Disney, Disney Plus, Marvel, Star Wars, all that stuff. Uh, I'm excited, man. What do you what are you kind of looking forward to from the from Marvel at this point? If you are looking forward to anything, um, well, definitely uh, Black Widow. Um, actually, I'm a lot more intrigued with Shang Chi than I ever have been. Uh, the Ten Rings. Um, I mean, there's just so much that they can that they can pull from uh, the comic book canon. So it'll be interesting to see how much they really do and how they're going to interpret that uh, in the MCU. Because, of course, you know, they very seldom do a direct correlation. Um, So it's. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm kind of excited about those two things for sure. Uh, and then what if? I mean, Loki, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it and everything, and I think it's going to be fun. But what if is, I, I mean, it's it, to me, it's the most playful comic book concept ever. And it, it it's it's that fanboy, fangirl thing, conversation that takes place. You know, you, you're sitting there at, at, at the cafe or whatever, and you've got your comics that you just picked up that week, and, and you're flipping through, and you're like, oh, dude, dude, what if Spider-Man did this? You know, and, and that's yeah. what they do with this. And, well, and so we have comics like that too. So it's well, a comic. yeah, yeah, no, it, it is totally comic, but, but that's my point is, is that, so, you know, the fact that, um, that they're going to bring that to, to, you know, more of a, a visual life is, is really pretty exciting. In fact, actually the most recent, what if was, uh, what if, uh, Spider-Man kept the, uh, venom symbiote. Yeah, yeah, uh, a really good comic. It's it's a bit on the dark side, but uh, I really dug it though. Yeah, man, that sounds really cool. Man. I hadn't seen that one. So, so, so some more news. I'm going to jump into real quick. Not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. So, Google last year, they saved around a billion dollars, a billion dollars from, uh, and they calculated this from like saving office space to saving the cost for commuting, all these things, Google saved a billion dollars because of the changes that were made due to the coronavirus. And so it's amazing to think that that much money could be saved. And uh, I'm curious to know how many of the things that they did kind of remain and that they kept in place. I know, I know a lot of companies now, like they, they transition their people to stay at home full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend from Track Stars, right from Track Stars, like his company, like they all work from home now. They right. don't have an office building anymore, right? Because they realized, hey, we don't have to pay money for this. And I said this last year, and, and the same thing with with churches, with uh, 
with with um commercial real estate is I got a feeling that market tanked and is going to remain tanked for a lot of businesses. I think right. office space is either going to have to go down drastically in price or they're going to end up turning it into a con- or a- apartments or something. I don't know. Which, which frankly, in my opinion, is a great idea because even as we've seen like um, old industries, old warehouses and that sort of stuff being converted into apartments, usually they're apartments that people can't, well, average person can't afford. Um, but I'd love to be able to see some of that stuff converted into uh, economical housing. That'd be really pretty cool. Yeah. Hopefully they can do something to that effect and it'd be pretty awesome. So uh, another thing too, to mention is, uh, is it LeVar Burton? Yeah. LeVar Burton. He is, uh, he's Jordy from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Jordy LaForge. Which I am watching. Uh, I kind of picked that back up on Paramount Plus. By the way, Paramount Plus is great if you have kids and you like the Nick, uh, Nickelodeon stuff. They got all of that. Uh, so that my, my kids, I actually got my kids watching a lot of the stuff that I used to watch as a kid. Therefore, I'm watching a lot of the stuff I used to watch as a kid because I'm watching it with them, not because I'm watching it by myself laying in bed sure. before I go to sleep. Sure. Um, anyway, so LeVar Burton, he also did uh, Reading Rainbow. Yeah. So he was on that. He is going to be hosting season 37 of Jeopardy. He was also in Roots. That That's what really launched oh, his okay, acting okay. career was Roots. Yeah. I never saw that, though. Well, okay. I've seen Roots. You really should. I need to. I need it's to. very long, but yeah. But he uh, he's going to be, there was a campaign. I know he wanted to do it for a while. Mm-hmm. A lot of his fan base was pushing. And, you know, I got to say, man, hashtags do work well. They do work well for... Uh, a lot of these things. So it worked. He is now hosting the season 37 of Jeopardy. Uh, I guess this is kind of a, a, you know, a test run to see how he does. And so I'm excited to see it. I might check it out just to see how he does one day. I don't watch Jeopardy. I think I've watched a couple episodes of my whole life, but it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Uh, As far as music news goes, we don't have a lot of music news. Uh, the only thing that we actually have is uh, Convictions. It's a band that I found out about, I don't know, what, two months ago or so? Something like that. Uh, something like that. So they 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 fully released their EP, uh, I Won't Survive. And so the, the first two singles on it were great to me. This EP is right along with that. It sounds great. I really enjoyed it. I purchased it. I pre-ordered it after the first two singles came out. and uh, And I'm not... Ashamed that I did so. I'm very happy that I did so. I want to support this band. It's a Christian metal band. So y'all go check them out if you're into Christian metal. Again, that's Convictions. And the name of that album is I Won't Survive. So is that everything, man, we covered for right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's it for the news. All right, man. So we'll be back with our round five, our next round five. We're going to be talking about the five worst sequels. So last time we did the best sequels. Or sequels that were better than the originals. Yeah. This time we're doing the five worst sequels. It's a natural progression. Sure. This had to be the way we were going. And we hadn't done a worst list in a while. So, yeah, yeah man, we'll we be back with that. that soon. Make sure you stay tuned. Hey. Hey. Drifting. Watching the world go round World go, yeah, world go round Listening 
To unfamiliar feelings and unknown sounds Unknown sounds, unknown sounds Slipping through my fingertips, hey. lingering Shoulda, woulda, coulda, where'd I put the pen? Whoa. Make a list of all my failed attempts Running out of space again Highlight all the things I wish I never said Stop. If feeling makes you stronger, I'm the weakest That would mean that I would have to separate from my beliefs It's not a secret, I'm a puzzle Got a lot of missing pieces underneath this strong persona I put on the kid that's screaming Aren't these brothers so deceiving? They look different, don't they? Well, at least that's how they seem to me Cause we just drifting, drifting, drifting Till we see something that we define as peaceful Grab the needle, shoot reminders in my veins and people Leave you while I'm drifting. Watching the world go round. World go, yeah. Listening to unfamiliar feelings and unknown sounds. Unknown sounds, unknown sounds. Lots of gossip, I've been watching you. How you're talking to yourself is rude. Drifting, I'm in the same boat as you Sinking, dreaming, screaming for some truth And my, my Escalators broke, I'll take the stairs, I guess Climbing till I'm out of breath Questioning my every step Whoa. My train of thought is leading me to different tracks Positive that where I'm at is not why I should stay in that's why Told you look into the mirror and say I love you Convince yourself that no one in the world would ever want to Passing by the people that have been there to support you From the get-go, disrespectful, drive you mental Might get stressful when I'm drifting I see you in the distance asking me why I'm so distant I'm convicted, I'm convinced that I predicted All my wishes, all my wishes won't be hurt Cause I'm committed to the light and feeling safe is unrealistic when I'm drifting Watching the world go round World go, yeah Listening To unfamiliar feelings and unknown sounds God, give me the faith to rise and then we can pacify to take us to forward to merge the mind, belligerence amplified, the feelings and words collide, intensified by living a life deprived, I'd rather be burned alive than go back to thinking I'm insignificant, every impotent moment, the pity can trigger it, got in my way, it's definitive, holding my head up, there isn't the innocent bone in my body, but that's what gives me the energy, lack of renovate, have to innovate, past intimidate, can't remain afraid. Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason. And Sean. And we are back with our round five top, or actually, not top worst films. Yeah, worst it's still five top. films, top worst top, five films. Yeah. So last show we did our top sequels to the original film. So that was like a part two of a series of films. Today we are doing the worst sequels, and it's not necessarily the second film in a series of films. Uh, I do have one or two on my list that's not the direct sequel, but we did want to do this because I thought, hey. Might as well follow in line with what we did last time. Sure. And so, yeah, man, we're going to be doing our top five or worst five. Uh, as you're watching this, put yours in the comments. I'd love to see your worst films that you thought were sequels and or worst sequels that you thought were uh, horrible. And so let's dive into it, man. Start off with your number five, Sean. All right. Well, um, I think this probably makes a lot of folks list. It didn't make yours at all, which I was a little surprised. But um, I am. 
and and despite the fact that I'll still watch this film, I hated it less than you did. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I I mean I'll still watch it if if I kind of have to, like especially if I'm going in sequential order. Uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Uh, like it even came on TV the other night, and I left it on, but I ended up turning some music on instead. So it was just visually it was there. So it's still kind of Star Warsy feel in in the living room, but I had music playing. So gotcha. Okay, man. All right. So, I, and, and, and I've gone through a litany of reasons why before. So, All right. So my number five, it's a popular amongst this list. By the way, you can you can YouTube or you can uh, Google these lists. Some films make it on every single list. Yeah. And on mine, uh, Batman and Robin, uh, not because of the, the nipples in the suits, although I think that's everybody's favorite part of the film. Oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, man, it was just... It's very campy, very cheesy. Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I was as a kid, I was like, oh, that's interesting. It's pretty cool. And as an adult, I'm just like, he just didn't make a good freeze. He just, you know, watching the other freeze, even the the, the animated films, and it's just like, yeah, I just I don't know, man. It just didn't work. Uh Uma Thurman's Ivy wasn't horrible. Right. Uh, but the Bane character, what they did with him was absolutely terrible. I just I really hated what they did with Bane. Even though the Bane in Dark Knight Rises is not my favorite, uh, I don't I think they could have done better than that. I mean, especially with the the voice, I felt like what they did in Batman versus Robin was just not great. George Clooney, not a great Batman. I mean, Bruce Wayne maybe, but looking at the other Batman, he's just he's at the bottom of that list for me. Uh, probably the worst. You know, Val Kimmer. I don't know. They kind of tie for whatever, and. I mean, you know, Alicia Silverstone was like the only redeeming quality to that movie. Was she in Batman and Robin or was she in she Batman was, Forever? Batman and Robin. Okay, my bad. Because yeah, she was Pennyworth's uh, niece that came. Right. And she, yeah, at the and very I, end I of the film, at the very end of the film, they ended up running. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, they're going to have another one. And they never did. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's that's my number five. You're number five. Are you number four, Sean? Number four. I, you know, actually, I just realized that I, I don't think I saw any of my movies on any of uh, the list that I Googled. Um, <laughs> uh, your, your number five was on some list. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I didn't see pop up on any. I, and I, I went through like four or five. So, but anyway, uh, number four The Amazing Spider Man 2. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Again, it's not as though I won't watch it or I won't let it play in the house kind of thing. Um, But when I'm talking about like all of the Spider-Man movies and I know the Spider-Man three usually makes everybody's list. um, But I don't know, man, it just it didn't work for me. Um, and, and, And I hate that we have characters, we have actors in the movie, the play characters that just didn't really flesh out properly, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that's probably the 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 biggest issue for me. Um, it, it was just weak, and and then Rhino was was weak, and I, I don't know. It just Goblin was terrible. It, it it all fell flat. Yeah, it so. really did. I mean, the only redeeming part of that film was the saddest part of the film. And that was the death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah. It was like the one comic book accurate part of the film where you're just like, man, that, that really had to happen. Yeah. Everything else in that film was just like, oh, nah. really? I have the film. Yeah. I've only watched yeah. it once in my life. 
Actually, I've got a special collector's edition that's yeah. got um, what's his name's head, the Electro. Yeah, Jamie Lee um, or Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox's head as whatever I don't even freaking remember his <laughs> name. But anyway, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's uh, pretty bad. Yeah, it, it it stunk. The uh, headlights up blue too. By the way, it's, it's that that's probably the coolest part of the whole movie is that I got that and his <laughs> his headlights up blue. So the case anyway. of the movie actually goes in and stays in because you don't actually want to watch it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. My number four is Seed of Chucky. Man, what? that movie was so what? terrible. I loved Bride of Chucky. That, that, that's like, I, I, I mean, when when Son of, of, um, Son, of the Son of the Mask came out, everybody already knew you don't go see this movie. No, no. When, when, when Seed of Chucky came out, people knew you. Don't don't waste your. Time. Why did you see this? Yeah, yeah. I, it can't even make my list because I didn't watch it. <laughs> Son of Mask didn't make my list because I never watched. it. I didn't watch it either. I never watched it. It just looked so exactly. Horrible. And see the Chucky. I just watched it because I really, I really enjoyed Bride of Chucky. I thought it was a great film. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a huge Jennifer Tilly fan, but you know, it, it was an interesting film, very interesting. And then to see this one. I was like, this is just terrible. It's absolutely horrible. I mean, the 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 son and daughter, whatever, like it was a transmorphical gender child. Dude, uh, actually, it, your next two movies I feel the same way about. I think that people <laughs> knew once they saw the trailers, they were like, No. <laughs> but uh yeah, man, Cedar Chucky was just so bad. And even like Chucky didn't want anything to do with it. He he didn't want to be in the film. Oh, man, no, let me just kill this kid and go on my way. Bump this, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, man, CD Chucky was horrible. So number three, sir. Maleficent 2. You know, actually, I really liked uh, Angelina Jolie in the character. I, I liked her in the first movie. I thought that the CG was, was better in the first movie than in the second <laughs> movie. I had high expectations for this movie, and I just felt really let down when, when we get to, like, her – her species and there's just no real development in it and the cg just stunk and the i don't know man the story just didn't even flesh out very well for me it was just like hey we got angelina jolie to come back again isn't she pretty you know i i don't know man it just <laughs> it, it was yeah i disappointing yeah man my number three is blair witch 2 again what, the after, first one was so good. Though. Yeah, after everybody saw the first yeah. one, and then they realized, you know what, this is kind of stupid. Yeah, it was like when you watch the second one, it was nothing like the first one at all. It was like, oh, the first one felt like a legit home film. Like okay. it felt like that. The second one felt like college kids wanted to. It probably was a college movie. I think it might have been. Um, it was just that, like, I don't even remember any part of the story. All I remember the whole time watching it was how disappointing it was. That's all I remember from the whole film. Okay. I remember thinking, this is nothing like the first. They should have called this a different film. It's like the Joker being called the Joker. It shouldn't have been called the Joker or a Joker. It shouldn't have been called something different. Not because it was bad, because it didn't fit the preconceived uh, connotations of what the Joker film should have been. Okay. Blair Witch 2 should have been called just the Book of Shadows. That's it. Don't call it Blair Witch 2. They did that because they wanted to tie it into the first film, which did really good. Right. Um, it was, you know, just a really well-made film. The second one was 
absolutely horrible. Uh, and at that point in my life, I enjoyed horror films a little bit more and thrillers. I'm, I'm saying that, yeah. I don't watch them a whole lot now, but you're, at that time I did. Your number two is probably the scariest film on your <laughs> probably, list. Oh, no, the first one might be scarier than that. No. Uh, so, which we had the same number one, by the way. <laughs> All right, number two for you. Number sir. two, number two. Um, you know, there's one other movie in, in this, uh, lineup of films that usually ranks pretty low for me, but this one definitely takes the cake. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Is this the newest one? Yeah. It's got Sheila Booth. Sheila Booth. Yeah. I don't think people remember what that, why you tell them that. Yeah, that's all right. The, yeah, <laughs> it's just man, it stunk. You know the whole, and and the thing was is that it seemed like about that same time, Cowboys and Aliens came out too. So it was like, dude, Harrison Ford, what is it with this alien junk you're doing, man? This stinks. <laughs> and and it did. It was just it was epic fail. It seemed like it was supposed to be sort of a handoff movie, and thankfully it didn't ever happen that way. Um you know, it's just, uh, it was tedious, man. I even tried watching it a second time and y- you get to the part where they're actually like in, in the, the pyramid. And I'm just like, I, I can't even just waste my time doing this, man. It's just, I, 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 I think I've got some nose hairs to pluck or something, <laughs> uh, boogers to flick on the wall, almost anything in the world. I, I, I'd go get a root canal than watch this movie. <laughs> watch the movie watching a root canal. <laughs> well, sure, because then it put me to sleep. Anyway, oh, it was just man. bad. It was bad. That's terrible. So my number two is Dumb and Dumber Er when Harry met Lloyd. I, I I think that the name is the name of the movie is is there for a reason. If you watched it, then you fit the title yeah, of this yeah. film. Yeah, I really did. Uh, that film. I was thinking that there might have been something to, to, to do, you know, something worth watching it. And, and I was wrong. There was one point in that whole entire film. I, I kind of chuckled. That was it. One point. Wow. And it was whenever uh, Harry looked at his watch and he said, and he had drawn a, a watch on there at the exact time he was supposed to meet the girl and said, yep, it's time. That was the only part of the whole film. Where I was like, that's uh, yeah okay that was it the whole film the movie aside from like the actors were terrible every actor and actress in this film was terrible the story was terrible uh you don't have and i think it's the same thing with uh son of the mask you don't have a classic movie with jim carrey and then do a sequel-ish film with an actor that nobody cares about you just don't do that like they better not ever redo Ace Ventura. Well, it, because you're never gonna fill his shoes. No, you can't. Jim Carrey is so classic in these roles, man. And and, and Dumb and Dumber was great. I, I haven't seen Dumb and Dumber two. Uh, I hadn't it's seen it right. yet, so I kind of do want to see it. But Dumb and Dumber er left such a bad taste in my mouth. And I know Jim Carrey. He's been on this life journey type of a thing where I just don't know if this film really works the way the first one did. Uh, and Jeff Daniels is just desperate for money. So I felt like he might have just done it just to get a paycheck. So I don't know, but uh, I do want to watch it eventually. 
But Dumber Dumber-er just made me feel Dumber-er after watching it. So. it. It should have. Yeah, it, uh, 2 is not not that bad. Um, okay. It's it's not as good as the first. And, and, and that's true with a lot of those types of things anyway, is that it was just – it was so epic when it came out that how do you how do you even come back to that so yeah. anyway Absolutely. all right so number one we have the same number one we do we do <laughs> man i'm not even hate us I, I'm, so bad. I'm not even sure that i could say it without like you know a little um okay i'll tell you what it is it is the very first film that came out via hbo max and theaters at the same time mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a movie that took place in 1984. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. The movie was so, so terrible. And I got to say, man. Okay. I don't care. If you were on Twitter when it released and you said all of these sexist men need to stop bagging on Wonder Woman 84, y'all need to go sit down somewhere and take a break from films you are just too feminist. That's just it. You couldn't call a bad film because it had a woman role in it because you're too in support of anybody that does anything who is a woman. Now, I know that's going to come across very sexist, and it's not. Wonder Woman was great. Yeah. She was fantastic in Justice League and in Justice League Snyder Cut. The, the first movie still had some of its own issues. But it was still great. But it's far superior. Much better than Captain Marvel. And, and, and Yeah, and, and we praise it when we're talking about uh, female superhero movies, for sure. And, Not that and, there's a and, and Sean's about. got women-led films all over his top five list uh, in his number one spot. And so we're not sexist at all. Wonder Woman 84 was a horrible story, a horrible film. When we did our review, there was almost nothing good about it. Almost nothing. Yeah. Uh, they dropped, it took place in the 80s. They dropped too many balls. No pun intended. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, sorry, y'all. Um, but the, the movie is it, just the CG was terrible with Cheetah. The fight scene they had was terrible. Uh, Chris Pine taking over another dude's body. Like just took over his whole life, uh, was was horrible, and like nothing really made sense. Like she just decides like no sword in this film at all. You had Wonder Woman, and then you had Justice League, where she dominated with it. She she's borderline pacifist in this movie, and it's just like she. And then the whole movie was supposed to be about what truth. Like that uh, was some type of a theme in the film, but it didn't yeah. work out because they didn't make that clear. And so and then they, they 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 threw in like two lines in the whole film to try to get that point across. You know, if if you go back and you watch our review, I, w- I was trying to defend it as best as I could. But even after having watched it, I think now three times, I, I just. The film was just terrible. It, just, it and, really was. And, and then I think on top of that, again, when you watch Snyder Cut and you go. That's what Wonder Woman's supposed to be, yeah. and then you you just even reflect. Don't go back and watch it. Just reflect back on '84, and you go, "What an epic fail!" Patty Jenkins totally hosed that. She really well. And actually, I heard Gail Gal Gadot had more to do with that writing on that second one. Oh, really? Yeah, she had a lot more to do with the writing on it, and mm. she wanted it to be a more peaceful Wonder oh. Woman. 
What? And I'm like, nobody watches Wonder Woman because of peacefulness. They watch it because she's she's cool. She yeah, she yeah, takes she's out she's bad tough. guys. Yeah, and, and she's she's aggressive, and she can take out uh, you know pretty much any bad guy just as well as Superman can. Yeah, um, or anybody else for that matter. She's just really great, and uh, they didn't show that at all in 84. No. So. That's our worst five. We do have some honorable mentions, though. Sean, you want to share yours? Oh, yeah, I forgot I had some. Uh, so I mentioned uh, Indiana Jones, and I said that there was uh, another film in that franchise, yeah. that Temple of Doom. It, it It's, you know, even when I was, even as a kid, when that movie came out, I was like, oh, yeah, hey, cool, right? And then it quickly became, oh, man, really? This is hmm yeah it's just not as good and then we get the last crusade and it's like wow so the first and third films are epic to me uh it's got the best history to it and i it just it 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 epitomizes uh who in who indiana jones was at least originally set up to be in the first film so anyway uh other one was I, i don't know that you can call this a sequel like a reboot yeah almost. sort of yeah. yeah so but but i i decided i'd put it on there anyway just because it does kind of upset i i own the film but it still kind of upsets me punisher war zone i just man um if you just needed a film where there was just like tons of senseless violence that's all you get in this film what like, was there a story expendable well, yeah, but this was even just like even more aggressive. <laughs> okay. I, I, I mean, or more graphic even. It's just there's this like you know first scene where where it, it's a slaughter, and and it's just almost epically so. Um, I don't know, man. It just it, it was disappointing on on mm-hmm. so many levels, and you know I think just as a Punisher fan owning it, it it's just there to take that place on the shelf to say that you've got it. Yeah, yeah. I actually have it too. And I think you gave it to me if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> like an extra one. <laughs> I don't know. But uh my my honorable mention was Batman Forever. That that movie was just it was terrible for me. Uh Val Kimmer was uh non rememberable at all. And I mean I love Jim Carrey, but his role as Riddler just did not cut it for me. And then Tommy Lee Jones' two face, I, I don't know, man. He, Neither one of those guys should have been in that film. Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, this is a great actor. And you put him into this film and you go, dude, what? Yeah. You must be super hard up for something right now. Yeah. it was. I just, I don't understand why. I mean, I, I guess Riddler, I can understand Jim Carrey. Like that kind yeah. of makes sense. He yeah. looks like he could be a Riddler. But Tommy Lee Jones, like. Come on, man. See, my, my problem is is that as, as the Riddler, you're talking about someone that actually has a superior intellect. And Jim Carrey is just almost too stupid to <laughs> to to be able to pull that off. And that's yeah. fine because again, when you think about his his most classic films, yeah, he's stupid. And that's great. Let him be that and do that. But to be somebody that's over the top and flamboyant, but then super intellectual, nah, not really. Yeah, and I think the Riddler that he portrayed was totally different from what you typically get in the comics or even the video games. Like yeah. those are calm, relaxed Riddlers. They're very thoughtful and strategic in everything that they do. 
And this one, he was just like, Bleh! well, and and it feels like he 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 took all of his cues from the uh, Riddler from uh, the '60s TV show. Oh, okay. Which, okay. Which, which is a little more amped up. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, and but you know. Yeah, <laughs> that was the best part of the 60s. Uh, just, <laughs> whatever. All right, man. That is our worst five sequel films. Let us know what yours are in the comments. We'd love to see your list. Uh, if you have one that is not on our list, uh, I'd love to see that. And then if there's uh, any that you just thought were just absolutely horrific, please let us know. We will be back. Our next segment, we're going to be talking about uh, house churches. And kind of the the movement of those that are occurring right now. And uh, so we're going to be talking about that here coming up shortly. So stay tuned.
Welcome back to Solomon's Porch with your host, Jason. And I see, I, I still want to say on a sunny day. On a sunny day? Yeah. It's like Ray. <laughs> Welcome oh, back to the porch, everybody. Uh, hope you are having a Sean. great Sean. My name is and, Sean. And, and blessed day. Yes. Blessed day. Is it blessed or blessed? What is it? Uh, I think it just depends on who you are. Okay. So either one of those you can have, uh, take care of it, enjoy it, and celebrate it well. So today we are going to be talking about house churches, kind of the house church movement. A lot of people may have no idea what this is. I didn't know for a very long time what this was. Uh, actually, uh, so there was a, a conference I went to at the beginning of 2020 called the Multiply Conference. And they had um, they had different the, the whole concept was was multiply starting churches. Their whole thing was planting new churches. Mm -hmm. And there was church planting. There was uh, multi-site churches. I can't remember what the other one was. And then there was house church planting. So there was church planting and house church planting. I didn't realize those were kind of two different things, but there was. And one of them had mentioned that house churches are, are more so for like overseas in countries where persecution is heavy on the Christian church. And then we're trying to figure out a way to have church in people's homes. And I, so I thought that's kind of what it really was. Like it was for those situations. And apparently it's not. So, you know, in my personal life, the past several years, you know, I've been leading a Bible study in my home. And anywhere from six to eight people, I'd say, been kind of the regular attendance there. And, you know, we'd have Bible studies. So, you know, it started off. We literally just opened the Bible. We started with Genesis. We went through the book of Genesis. Then later on, you know, we decided to, to have an element of, of kind of musical praise and worship at the beginning of that. So we went from just reading the Bible and studying it to having praise and worship, music, time of that, prayer, and then we would dive into the word. And that was kind of our Bible study time, our small group, whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, other people would, you know, I am ordained. Uh, I've been licensed several years before that. And so I was a, a minister. I was, you know, and then people would call me pastor. And I'm like, why well, don't pastor a church? Like, I, I don't know how to lead pastor anywhere. Never been a lead pastor anywhere. Technically, we're all called to pastor. So, yeah, well, we're all called to preach. So uh, I, to me, those are two different things. Preaching and pastor is different. Oh, I, I absolutely. I agree. I'm just saying. So you're still pastor, though. Okay. So you're still um, called the pastor. <laughs> but it was always like, I was always confused because it was like, well, I'm not really a pastor. Like, I don't flock a shepherd of people, you know, like a, a pastor does. And then I flog a group of people. I've done that. Yes. And, uh, but Sean would always know, Sean would have discussions and he would always like come back around like, well, you do have a group of people that you teach the Bible to on a weekly basis, and you do other things together. We have, you know, parties and get-togethers and celebrate birthdays and other holidays together. We do all sorts of stuff together, like family, and um, and you know, and that was like a house church. And so, but I didn't realize this thing like happened all over America. I thought house churches just took place in China and in India and other places where the Christian church was more persecuted by the actual government, not like America where we do have the freedom to have a regular big building church on every street corner. Right. So, uh, so let's dive in a little bit, Sean, uh, kind of break down a little bit more in detail, kind of define what a house church is and then talk about the movement that's going on here in America. All right. Well, um, 
so we're planning on this being a, a two-part thing because there's a lot of material to cover. Yeah. And so we've got some bullet points um, for this uh, particular episode. And so you'll need to stay tuned for the second one to be able to get uh, the, the full um, scope of all of this. But let's start off with just sort of defining the house church and then going into a little bit of the history of it. So house church, home church, um, Simple church. There are all sorts of names, uh, trendy names, uh, organic church, um, stuff like that that folks are using uh, today for trying to describe a variation of what uh, folks see as the first church described in Acts. And um, that just being a group of believers that are meeting where they can meet. Um, You know, the persecuted church uh, didn't come until much. Well, it, it actually was the very first church was the persecuted church. Yeah. Church was not something uh, an assembly of, of Christian believers wasn't um, uh, legal until 313. So, you know, 300 years later. And then finally, I forget which Caesar somebody or other said that it was okay. Um, I thought I had it pulled up. Constantine? Constantine said that, you know, hey, yeah, it's okay. And then all of a sudden they started having buildings, which made sense because why build something that's going to get demolished or tore down, burned down, whatever, when you just meet in secret. So now they don't have to be all secretive. So they started building bigger structures to be able to meet in and more people could get there. Um, and, and have a centralized location. And hence, this is the first of our, I guess you could call them mega churches. It was mega church for the time, for sure. Right. Um, I know it was state legislated too. Well, was state ran or what am I looking for here? Well, that that's later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the persecuted church, um, as we know it today, so uh, typically uh, communism or Sharia law states um, it, are, are places that uh, Christians are definitely actively persecuted. And so Christians in those areas uh, will meet in what are typically uh, home churches or house churches out of just pure necessity. That's what's available uh, for the sake of their own lives. However, this is not a new thing here in the United States. Um, people sort of make it out to being like, oh, hey, there's this cool new thing and, and everybody's doing it and whatever. Um, but it's uh, actually since about 18, uh, I had it, uh, the 18 somethings, uh, you have the Plymouth Brethren, 1827. Uh, you have the Plymouth Brethren, which are folks from uh, Dublin, Ireland area, that decided that they were going to do a stripped-down version of church, and this is where you definitely had state-instituted church at that time um, by the um, the British. Um, and so they're saying, you know, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right. This isn't what the church is supposed to be like. Uh, And we're supposed to be, you know, uh, the smaller body of believers. um, And it's supposed to be more simplified. All this extra gobbledygook that you're doing, just it's it's nowhere in the Bible. It says that we got to do this stuff. But yeah, you're telling me we got to do all this stuff. So um, 
it's not new. Here in the States, uh, in the 70s, there was a big uh, Jesus movement. <laughs> um, it was, it, you know, you had like leftover hippies that uh, were, I, no, I mean, serious, you know, yeah. you, you got hippies straight up from the 60s that are, you know, and in fact, some of those groups were still all about, you know, hey, marijuana, God created it. It's a natural herb, man. And, uh, and like, herb, like, man. man, and so they, um, but they were already all about communal living and one of the most popular and still, uh, in existence today is the Jesus people movement, uh, also now known as the Jesus people USA, uh, which is a group of, uh, believers in Chicago that live in a 10 story building. They pull all their resources together and provide for all the needs of the people within that community. Uh, and they do it in various ways and they have various ministries and that sort of stuff too. So again, this is not like a brand new thing. This is something that's been around. Oh, wait a minute. The Amish. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> They don't do that, do they? Exactly that. You know, you're talking about a group of people that come together and do a communal living, take care of one another, and and that's their focus. And, um, you know, it, it's it's funny how what's old becomes new kinds of things, and we do that a lot in today's society. So, um you know the the history of the home church obviously starts in the bible um but folks try to make it out to being like some new revival thing today when people have been doing it and it's yeah. you know in some format or another it's been somewhat successful now in terms of probably the most the one person that I would say that we're most familiar with that is most vocal and advocating for uh, the house church or home church movement is uh, Francis Chan. Yeah. And we know Francis Chan uh, from Cornerstone Church. Uh, well, in we don't know Simi him personally. Valley. We know of him. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I know him. Oh, you got a cell phone? He don't have a cell phone, though. No, 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 no. Uh, they, they got a community phone. They got a pay phone yeah. that's outside on the street that you know somebody rings. And, and no, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a clue. But um, you know, lots of money, big church, all that stuff. Uh, he gives it all up, goes to China, does the home church thing over there. Um, and, and I'm super, super cutting out a lot of stuff, but yeah. just the basics here. Yeah. Uh, comes back to the states, uh, starts to try to get the home church movement going thing here. Um, and that I think is probably um, the most relevant for right now, the biggest movement that we're seeing at this moment in time. So even though Japuza still, that's the Jesus people, USA, Japuza, uh, the Japuza movement is still going on. People are still doing that. It's still successful. The Amish are too. It's just, they're kind of that baseline. Everybody knows it's there or whatever. The, the noisemaker right now, if you will, is Francis Chan. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, we wanted to be able to talk about the home church and kind of where maybe even Francis Chan is coming from. What does that look like today? 
how do we see it fitting in? Does it fit in? Is it relevant for today? Um, and does it preclude that if this is the biblical way, is there any other way? Right, right. Or should there be any other way? Uh, and and I think that that's, the, you know, those are the questions that we want to be able to tackle. Um, so Francis Chan has written a book, and it's uh, Letters to the Church. And it kind of comes across as a bit of a tirade, if you will, of um, – just and, and actually, if you watch any of his videos, he's a very passionate oh, yeah. person. So, so he, his writing comes call, across that way. He is what the modern church would refer to as a modern day prophet, in that he is always trying to take the church back to what the Bible looks like, what the Bible says. He's like, look, let's forget about what society tells us what's supposed to be. What does the Bible say it's supposed to be? And so, a lot of the people that look at Ephesians four eleven, the the prophet apostle. Uh, teacher, evangelist, all that stuff. Uh, the prophet is what people like. The modern day prophet that people refer to, the closest thing we would have is a Francis Chan. So anyway, so you, you know he's he he's a big advocate of the writings of A. W. Tozer, very um, well known historical uh, Christian author, preacher uh, from the early part of the nineteenth century. Um, or not 1900, sorry, the 20th century. Um, like one of his his big quotes is, it's better to have a little church that is real than a big church that is artificial. Mm. And so there's a big thing about commercialism in the church and um, where it takes us and what are we saying to the rest of society uh, how do we represent Christ to the rest of society by the things that we're doing that we think are good things to be able to build the church? And A.W. Tozer has been a, a critic. I mean, he it's funny to read uh, his works and see that, you know, he's actually describing today's church almost to a T about people wanting to be entertained. I have no concept of what church looks like in the 1930s, 40s, that you would think that people wanted to be entertained. Yeah. Um, as opposed to today where, yeah, no, I totally see that. Um, and and so when you're looking at um, the home church, the home church is being able to strip away all those preconceived notions. There is a, um, a denomination that you and I have been affiliated with, had a youth group um, it, um, program, I guess you could say, uh, for uh, high school students specifically that are close to going to college. And um, I was interpreting for a, a deaf individual that was there. And um, the like the very first week of that program, they they were challenging these kids, these these young adults, sorry, uh, to think about church outside of what you know church to be. Right. Uh, mind you, I was trying to push them even further in that direction. Then I was <laughs> criticized for having said anything to them. But they but the problem was is that they were so locked in on what church looks like right now right how do i make that look like what i want it to look like as opposed to saying clean the slate yeah. and go back to the word and say what 
does God say that we need to be doing? And and that's Francis Chan's principle there. He uses tons of scripture in, in, in his book to be able to describe all this um, and why it needs to be one way versus another. He comes very close to, um, and in some cases really does say certain things are sin, um, the way that we do certain things in church. Um, yeah. It doesn't go so far as to say that, you know, it damns you to hell or anything else like that. Um, but there's, there's a lot of good challenging stuff in there, I think, for the body of believers today to be able to consider, um, maybe not necessarily fully buy into, but definitely, uh, to make us look at things. Francis Chan has crazy love ministries and he's got his, his, the home church program that they've got going on is called We Are Church. And there's this really great uh, YouTube video where you've got some folks that are describing uh, what they're doing, how they're living and that sort of thing. Um, and, and, it, and it's awesome. It really is. It's, it's, it's very cool stuff. Uh, I would encourage our, our listeners, our viewers to be able to check out, uh, check it out. Uh, hopefully maybe we can post a link somewhere and something for that video. Um, the point I think that we're getting at with the home church and why we wanted to discuss this and talk about it is, is one. It, is that video on YouTube? Yeah, um, pretty sure it is. Okay, we are church. We are church. Okay, so I could probably bring it up and we can look at it. How long is it? Uh, it it's kind of lengthy. Okay, well we won't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll post a link in the in the, in the, uh, the description though for sure. Yeah. So anyway, but it is to be able to say, hey, you know, um, we're, we're very open to discussing different things here uh, on Solomon's Porch. Um, that's the point is to be able to say, OK, so you've got an idea. Let's listen to it. Yeah. You know, uh, it doesn't you know, just because it's different from what we've been doing doesn't make it wrong. Um, but then also maybe analyzing it a little bit more thoroughly uh, and coming in some other conclusions, whatever the case is. Um, and so that's why we wanted to start this conversation. We wanted to kind of be able to break it down a little bit. So that way, if you're unfamiliar with what the home church or house church looks like, uh, it's maybe new terminology for you. We want to be able to bring that to you. Uh, some of the definition, some of who's doing it, some of that history. So that way you would have all that. So that that way, uh, when we start our next show and we really get into the meat and potatoes of it, it's not going to be unfamiliar to you. You're going to say, okay, yeah, no, I've, I'm, I'm with you guys. I know what's going on. And, um, you know, then w when we start breaking things down uh, and giving our own thoughts, well, hopefully you've even had some time to be able to do a little bit of research yourselves. I do encourage that you check out Francis Chan's uh, letters to the church. Uh, I've got it as well. And it's, it's again, it's a good read for sure. Um, you know, I would tell you this with anything, uh, even with Sunday morning worship, always take it back to the word of God. Yeah. No matter who's speaking, I don't take everything that Francis Chan says as being the gospel. Even as he's throwing out scriptures, yeah. I always go back and look at the scriptures and make sure that he's not taking them out of context because that happens a lot too. Um, and he has done that with certain scriptures. He, he yeah. still does that to this day. And I'm like, yeah. I uh, don't use that one to prove that point. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I, you know, 
with anything. But what I will say is that he's got some really good ideas. He's got some very challenging, thought-provoking questions. Yeah, yeah. And I think that um, you know there's validity in, in it all. So uh, that's as far as I wanted us to be able to get in the show with, with that, so that that way we can really dive into it uh, on the next one. And uh, hopefully our listeners will be prepared. So Yeah, man. So I, I want to share this one quote from the book that uh and, and you know obviously we'll dive more into this next week i think next week we'll get into more of the the practical application of this discussion uh to you know is the church what it should be today why or why not uh all of that good stuff maybe sean and i can can sit there and create a a um an imaginatory church if that's a word <laughs> yeah here on the porch and like imaginatory that. that's a word it is now it is now if you so, so uh but the biggest quote from from me from that book this is one thing that i found out from uh it was actually mike winger he was telling me you could read you know a book that's a thousand pages long and it's usually one or two lines from that whole book was the reason why you read that book sure yeah and the biggest thing from letters to the church that stuck out to me that he said, and I might be misquoting it, but it was in essence, the quote was, we're too concerned about worrying or too concerned about asking what we can get away with rather than what God desires. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's the, you know, again, I think that with his, with this book, it's almost like home church is almost like a side thing as opposed to the changes that need to take place that happen to actually coincide with home church concept. Um, But yeah, and and again, I think that's where, you know, again, he brings up a lot of great questions, you know, so, you know, it's um, President um, John F. Kennedy said, you know, ask not what you uh, what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? It's that concept. It's to say, okay, when you go to church, are you sitting there saying, okay, well, does 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 this church have coffee? Does Mm -hmm. it have a um, children's church? Does it have a uh, youth ministry? Does it have a teen ministry? Does it have a singles ministry? Um, You know, does it have good music? Is the, does the preacher appeal to me? You know, how do, how do they dress? And, and those kinds of things. They play newer songs or older songs. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, but you know, the the idea is, is that none of that matters. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, next week we'll go into stuff. more details on our thoughts on that because I will say I didn't necessarily agree with everything that Francis Chan said in the book. I do think there are some caveats. I think I can find good biblical um, concepts to bring to the discussion that doesn't necessarily look like home church, but we'll save all that for next week. We gave you enough for next week. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you, you're right. I, I, I think we could easily go into more. Yeah, and, we could, and, we and, could. And, and that's that's why we wanted to break this out into <laughs> two sections because this would be way too long of a podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Did, so. so we do want to thank our sponsors for the show, our Patreon supporters, Sam Blackwell, Jason Motley. Thank you guys so much for supporting. Anybody who wants to support the podcast, you can do so via Patreon. You could do it PayPal. Um, Either either way, you go to uh, paypal.me slash Solomon Sports Podcast or Patreon. 
patreon.com slash solomon sports podcast you can do that support monthly uh right now we're in the process of getting more webcams because our other ones just completely crashed uh, yeah like fried man like, like, like super it, hot and, and it makes no sense because we were plugged into different sources yeah when they wouldn't work yeah in different houses like just, it doesn't make sense they just both instantaneously i mean quit. there's the same camera from yeah. the same manufacturer same model it's almost like there was an expiration date on them yeah and they hit that and they decided yep that, we're done that's it. over so you, you uh, had your number of hours so, <laughs> so we got to get more cameras for the show uh obviously you know this is podcast and youtube so you can watch it on either platform uh you know obviously right now we are trying to get the video quality better uh, trying to figure out how to make the more the show more interactive. Uh, share it if you uh, if you think this is fruitful or beneficial. Uh, please share. We want other people to to be able to receive from this show. Uh, we're not here to make money. We're not here to try to grow a platform to grow influence just to be famous. We want to try to figure out how to walk this Christian life in a biblical context. Uh, or a biblical concept in an American context, because we do live in America. So we got to right. navigate those waters and try to do that with the biblical lens. And so next week, we're going to continue that by talking about what the church maybe should look like compared to what it does look like. And, uh, and I hope you join us for that. So we'll be back next time. See you soon. And always remember, Jesus loves you more than we ever could.
Right by the gun from my throat! <laughs>